And thanks for joining us now on KVCR for KVC Arts, arts and entertainment as well as the people and places providing it. I'm David Fleming. This edition of the program revolves around Celtic Woman in the region soon with tickets at kvcrnews.org slash events. In just a bit, we'll hear from Tara McNeil, who was announced as a principal singer with the band in 2016. First, though, Chloe Agnew, one of the original members, still in high school at the time. Let's talk about the earliest of days of Celtic Woman for just a moment in that I only, oh, a few days ago discovered that Celtic Woman was originally intended to be just a one-time performance in Dublin. <laughs> That's right. It was after your, yeah, your mean... second release that you were recruited to be a part of the group. So you go in, you give the performance, and then you think that's it. How much time had passed before getting the call saying, this thing is really picking up, we need to go on the road? Yes, it was a short enough space of time, to be honest. I mean, as I said, you know, myself and the girls, as you said there, uh, myself, Lisa Kelly and Maeve Welcaha were all signed to the same label at home in Ireland. Yeah. And so, yeah, this idea was born, and it was supposed to be a one-night show. We met each other a couple of days before we filmed it. I mean, I think all of us, I always joke that I initially said yes, because I thought I'd get the next day off school, you know. <laughs> I didn't think it would take over my life. And so we met each other, we filmed it in the September 2004. And I think everybody knew something very special had happened that night, but none of us anticipated it going anywhere else, you know. We knew it went out on television, it was recorded for PBS, and it went out on TV in the January of 2005. And by the March... We were number one on the Billboard World Music Charts and we were flying out to New York to do the Today Show and perform at the Governor's Breakfast. And So in this very short space of time, it, it kind of exploded here in America. But even then, the company were very much kind of just, look, let's take the next few months out and see where this goes. And it was quite a big exam year for me in school. So I had to go back to Ireland having just done Today's Show and signing autographs in, <laughs> in New York. Uh, I went back into school and finished out that exam year and then we went out on tour that summer for the first time in summer 2005 and the rest is kind of history you know it grew from there and all of us obviously had lives to figure out like I continued my schooling on the road with several different tutors who were wonderful and Lisa Kelly and Maeve they had young children so they would mm. figure out bringing them out on the road with nannies but it was quite incredible I mean when I think back 
that that's so hard for me to believe we're nearly 18 years later still celebrating Celtic Woman and I think it's the power it has had with the PBS audiences and communities here but also it being very much a family show since the beginning has been quite special in that we continue to have children come with their parents and their grandparents. We had a young girl at our meet and greet, a young wolf, she's a woman now, should I say, mm-hmm. who was with her mother and she was showing me a picture of when she was a young teenager at the show and now here she is at the meet and greet with her mother and her own daughter, mm-hmm. you know, so it's very special that the show has made that connection and it's very uplifting, I think, you know, you hear the stories of how this show and the music has impacted people and I'm so thankful to have been part of that journey since day one and, and to have watched it grow into what it is today with none of us expecting it to be where it is today it's quite incredible to think we're in a few years celebrating a few decades of Celtic Woman it's, it's incredible walking in the air We're floating in the moonlit sky The people far below are sleeping You touched on something very important in that we've got the very traditional tunes that maybe folks for the older generations, but then, oh, looking at the very first Celtic Woman release, the first song, which featured you, if I'm not mistaken, this one came from the animated film from the late 1980s, The Snowman, the song Walking in the Air. Correct. Was that one that you, gosh, I remember when you got to the KVCR studios years back, one of the things you announced was, hey, I'm 18 now, finally, kind of thing. (laughs) But this, walking in the air, I would imagine being your age at that time, this would have been one that you grew up singing, you know, seeing it on a cartoon. Yes, oh yeah, it was on in our house every Christmas, The Snowman, and absolutely iconic pieces of music, but that that is the title track from it, and it originally was sung by a boy soprano called Alla Jones, who I only got to share the stage with a couple of years ago. He invited me to be his special guest on his show in Ireland. And it felt very full circle for me because it was exactly the, the song that, that sparked my career. I recorded it on my solo album and I was performing it at home in Ireland. So when Celtic Woman came about, it made sense for the song to feature for me on it. And yeah, it's remarkable to think that that is one of the highest streamed songs on my Spotify. And yeah, it's been a big part of my story. Music from Celtic Woman, featuring Chloe Agnew, with whom I was just speaking. Chloe's not on this current tour, but I thought it'd be nice to hear about the earliest of days with the group and what was supposed to be a one-time concert. I interviewed her in spring of 2022. Celtic Woman will be in the region soon with tickets at kvcrnews.org slash events. I also interviewed Tara McNeil not long after she joined the band as the violinist. She also plays the harp, adding just a bit to what her predecessor played. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. I'm so delighted that I get to do uh, both the violin and the harp, yeah. 
I have primarily a classical upbringing with the violin, so I studied that in college and I would have been playing orchestrally, but I also was brought up singing folk songs and the Irish music there and with the harp, I've played the Irish harp and played the traditional way of playing there. So we all bring so much, I think, to the group and I think it's a really special lineup at the minute because we all have our own specialities, but together we bring this unique Celtic woman to the stage. So with Ewan as the violinist and harpist, there could be a couple of ways of looking at this. You could be perhaps nervous because you're doing something new. I mean, this is a, a new thing or maybe confident in that you don't really have a standard to meet. You know, Marid Nesbitt wasn't going off on other instruments, so, you know, nobody's going to be comparing you exactly. Well, that was a very big thing for me. I wanted to come into the group and to be my own person and to show the Celtic woman audience what I can do and what makes me different. So I was thrilled to bring the harp as well. And yes, I am a violinist like Myriad, but we're different players and we have our unique things that we like to bring to the stage. But I'm very happy that the harp is in the group. I think it really adds to the show because it is this symbol of Ireland. It's on our money, you know, it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's yeah. really is that symbol of Celtic and Irishness. But I'm delighted to be able to bring violin and the harp because it just means, you know, that's me. That's my little stamp on Celtic woman and it's, that's something that I bring, which is new. One of your favorite tracks on this album. Tell me about Mogilamar. Why is this one of your favorite tracks? I love this one because we are all on the stage together and it just gets a brilliant reaction from the audience every night. It's so energetic. We have this wonderful band with us. So we have all the energy from our album brought onto the stage. And in this song, it really just comes to the fore. It's a big number and I get to run about the place a little bit. Oh, it's fun. I'm wondering by chance, and there's got to be a diplomatic way of answering this so you don't get in trouble. (laughs) At the end of this tour, can you predict what song you will still love? Dulaman or whatever, something that's just so beautiful. Or, and here's the one we have to dance delicately around. Can you predict the one that you are never going to want to hear again after (laughs) 80? trying to get me in trouble here. (laughs) No, I love and adore everything Celtic Woman does. I appreciate the producers. (laughs) I know the one that I will not get sick of is For the Love of a Princess, which is one of my solos, and it's the theme from the Braveheart movie. Oh, right, okay. So that's on the new album as well, but it has a new section at the end of it, which allows me to really play and show off a little bit. Beautiful. (laughs) So uh, I love it, and it's difficult so it keeps me on my toes every single night. I know that I'll not get bored because I have to go out there and I have to kneel it every time. Certainly. And so I'll, I'm going to be trying to get better at that every night. 
So I, that one will definitely keep me going to the end. And it's such a beautiful piece and a beautiful arrangement, which lets me sort of show my classical side of playing, but it's also got this real Celtic heritage to it because it's from, you know, the Scottish side of things with the Braveheart movie. Okay, so that's the favourite one. Now, hmm. <laughs> At this moment, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's best not to address that one. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think I'm going to love all of them. I don't think I'm going to get sick of any of them. Good. Because it changes throughout the tour, you know. Different things become your favourite ones and other ones become more interesting. So I say it'll change throughout the tour. True. Well, you know what? I'd like to call you again at the end of this 88 days or cities or whatever it is and get another answer not for the air and just find <laughs> out. I'm like, right. I can't listen to Danny Boy one more time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually do love Danny Boy. So, <laughs> of so course. Yeah. I, I hopefully that won't happen. Now, that's one that should stay with a person uh, no matter what arrangement. When you are soloing, by the way, is there any room for improv when this is the violin and, and I suppose harp too, I guess? Yes, well, definitely. We have a wonderful musical director, Gavin Murphy, who arranges all our music. I would do a lot and most of the things what he wants, but he does give us the freedom as well. If there's something that we feel that we could add, you know, different ornamentation or just the seal of things. So we do have that freedom to change things if we want. But generally, I love what Gavin has written, and so that's what I'll stick to, you know. Okay. Listening to KVC Arts on 919 KVCR. I'm David Fleming. Many past programs can be found through iTunes, NPR One, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And most past shows are kvcrnews.org slash arts. Celtic Woman will be at Fantasy Springs Resort and Casino December 2nd. And a reminder that KVCR has tickets. Go to kvcrnews.org slash events. Back to my conversation with Tara McNeil now, and with members coming and going over the years, one might wonder just how does one become a member of Celtic Woman? To a certain extent, it's as simple as one member of the group leaving. Then it's a matter of competing in auditions. Well, yes, that is pretty much what happened. Like, there's a lot of other violinists going for the role. I had been lucky that I had actually played the harp in the band for the PBS special. So I had met some people involved in the group at that time. I had always made it very clear that I had loved to be involved in Celtic Woman and, you know, I jumped at the chance to audition and at that time to be involved in the band playing the harp. So I was very happy and I went in and played for the bosses and thank goodness they liked me and (laughs) I, I played well, so here I am. There are more than a few songs that were covered on previous releases. Is this an opportunity for you to put your own stamp on something that has been done before so people can listen to a couple of different versions of this one tune or another? Well, definitely. Well, luckily for me, my solo numbers on the new album have never been done before. So they definitely gave me that opportunity to not be compared on my solo ones, to just go out and take new pieces and show people what I can do. 
But then we're very lucky to have Gavin Murphy, our musical director, because on this Voices of Angels album, there may be some songs, like the titles that are familiar, but he has made these incredible brand new arrangements that just give these songs a whole new life. The Voices of Angels really does that, and with the 72-piece orchestra, it gives a big sound, and Gavin's just amazing with he would sort of have this jazz influence and it's really uh, like cool numbers. He, he does amazing things with, say, Dulaman. I think Dulaman mm. sounds completely different. And Mokilamar, that's brand new. And I'd say, I'd say people listening to an old album and listening to Voices of Angels, they'd love the differences. Can't really compare so much because they're, it's just, they've got this new life to them. So I feel lucky in that way. I Good. do have, I've got a chance to just be me. Good, fantastic. I read that as a pre-show ritual, the four of you link fingers, wish each other luck, and remember that your team, this sounds quite beautiful, and this is, I can see this as the thing that you're doing just before the curtains go up or just before the stage manager tells you to get off the stage because yeah. <laughs> they need to do their thing. But how about some sort of personal preparation, something that you do to prepare yourself? And not just going through the muscle memory of working the harp and the violin. I want to hear what you do to prepare yourself mentally, to know that you're about to be in front of thousands of people. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing, isn't it, you know, to be doing that every yeah. night? Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I try not to think about it so much because I think the nerves would hit me more. I do focus on my playing. I focus on having my violin clean and just playing things through slowly, like my solo numbers that I just know that my fingers are going to go down in the right place and just keeping everything very calm and the slow practice. Um, And I just, I think about that and I think about being up on that stage and playing the best that I can. And yes, I want to give the best performance I can for the audience, but it's also for me because I want to leave that stage proud and happy with what I've just done. And whenever you're up there, sometimes you can't see all the people. It's because that spotlight is on you. That's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Sometimes it's a bit of a shock when the lights go up. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of people there tonight. But even in my solo for the Braveheart, for a lot of that, I just keep my eyes closed because that way I'm just concentrating on making the best signs that I can and just trying to give the best performance I can. And that way I just get into the zone. Yeah, it's all about being relaxed and focused. So whatever I can do before to get myself into that state is what I do. Okay, from Walk Beside Me. This is a quote that you gave in a previous press release. The quote, we are not born to follow, we are all born to lead. And this has been noted as a lyric that just stays with you or just grabbed you. Tell me about that quote. Why? I think it's a very, very special lyric in that song because that is what Celtic Woman is about. It is about four women really supporting each other and no matter what, we are all there. We're all leading. There's not one girl who's the star of the show. We're in it together. We each have our moments with our solos. And we all have these moments when we're together and we're a team on stage. I think that quote defines Celtic Woman and that we're there for each other. It's a special song as well and it's a nice moment in the show where we just come together and stand at the front of the stage and just show the audience that we're four women and we support each other and 
we want to make this beautiful music together. You were asked once if you could record with someone in another genre. You named Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe covering Disney songs with her. <laughs> okay, so yes. let's explore this, shall we? Disney and Taylor, not exactly hand-in-hand hand here. Did you just combine a couple of favorite things, or is there some inside track I'm not aware of that Taylor has a secret passion for Disney as well? No, no, they're just my two passions. <laughs> I absolutely love Disney. I'm a big Disney fan, and I've got... I got a few laughs because one of my suitcases that I've been dragging around with me has all the Disney princesses on it and it's bright pink. <laughs> but I actually just, I love, I love Disney music. I think the composers that they have on those movies are incredible. They're some of the best and my most favorite pieces of music are from Disney movies. And then, of course, Taylor Swift. My goodness, she's just, I think she's incredible and she's just this strong woman and she's incredibly talented incredibly hardworking. but her music is so catchy and it just makes me happy whenever I listen to Taylor Swift so I thought well if I put Taylor Swift together with Disney that would make me a very happy person <laughs> couple more things here. Did you leave a job as a school teacher to do this? Yes, I taught in a school. I was a violin teacher in the school, so I taught three days of a week there, but I was always performing alongside that. Because it was just three days, I was able to take on some orchestral work and orchestral tours. But yeah, I started off in the school and I had 50 little violin students. Oh no. So, <laughs> so all from the ages of, I think, five up until 11. Yeah, I was there for three years which was a lot of fun, a lot of energy from these all little girls. It was an all-girls school. I actually was teaching them a little bit of Taylor Swift. And <laughs> Good for you. Disney Good. music, of course, which <laughs> made my day happy. <laughs> if Taylor could do a Disney song, what do you think the first one she would cover is? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It would have to be something that she could put a bit of a dancey beat to. So, But maybe maybe with all this hype about Beauty and the Beast at the minute, she might take something like Be Our Guest. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, there it is. There it is. When you were studying music, was it on a performance track or a teaching track? Was that differentiated at the school that you were studying at? Yes. So I was in the Royal Irish Academy of Music, mm, and my okay. degree was in violin performance. So I was focused on performing that's what I wanted to do. So I was very happy to teach, and I'm sure I will be teaching again in the future. But my degree, and I was studying about how to be a violin performer. All my marks would have been at my end-of-year recital whenever I was playing my Bach and my Brahms and yeah. things like that. So. You know a person who studied music, if they say Bach or Bach, if there's that... I bring the CH of it, did I? Yeah, you said it in a way that people would respect, I think. So. Okay. Okay, so Anuna. One more thing on that. Yep, so yep. before you were part of Celtic Woman as the violinist, and I actually didn't slip once and call you a fiddler. Oh, I don't mind. It oh, doesn't good. matter to me. I'm yeah. a fiddler as well as a violinist. I'm Celtic violinist, whatever. Stravinsky, when he played, would pick up his favorite fiddle. And bluegrass legends play a Stradivarius. So, well, yeah. You know. But before you were playing the violin or fiddle, we can do that now, mm -hmm. and the harp, 
with Celtic Woman. You played the harp on the previous, that was the Destiny PBS television concert. And then before that, Anuna. So tell us about Anuna, what that is. And I know that there's various members over the years, but tell us about that was and then your role in it. Well, I was a vocalist and a solo violinist with Anuna. It's a very special vocal ensemble. And normally on stage, there'd be about 12 singers. They'd have six girls on stage and six men. We would primarily perform the music of Michael McGlynn, an Irish composer. It's very special, almost spiritual music, and it's all a cappella voices. And it's a unique group, and we'd come out with our candles, sing a lot in churches, and the acoustics are incredible. And we'd walk in with our black velvet dresses and cloaks, and it's all about almost making people feel like they're part of a ritual with this beautiful, beautiful music, and always in a special, special place. And you mentioned that you were not only a vocalist, but you also played violin with them as well? Yes, I did. We would have toured a bit, and I would have played, yeah, yeah, solo violin on a couple of numbers in each show, yeah. Well, I guess one final thing, and this may not be the easiest to answer, but the group Celtic Woman first emerged, I suppose, a little over a decade ago, something like that. And there have been various incarnations, people leaving and other people joining. I know there have been folks who have stayed with it for four, five years. Well, gosh, no, Moira Nesbitt. She was there from the beginning. Yes, she was in 12 years, I think it was. Yeah. And so, again, I don't know how this is handled, if it's a season-by-season contract or if it's just something that, gosh, you've joined and, and you're going to be a part of it until you decide to go your own way. How does that work for the women in Celtic Woman? Well, I think Celtic Woman, it has gone through many different incarnations, but it really is this opportunity for Irish talented women to showcase their musical abilities and their talents on a world stage. That's what Celtic Woman is now. It's just an opportunity for us. And I'm very lucky to have this opportunity. And we're, I think, <laughs> we, we're here for as long as we want to be a part of it. So I hope to be in Celtic Woman for a while, for okay. a long time. Celtic Woman was a dream of mine for a very long time. And I'm still trying to take it in that this is actually happening. But this is one of my absolute goals in life and I cannot believe that I'm so lucky to be a part of this group and I have no ideas to be leaving anytime soon. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I guess one final thing I suppose Tara, without asking your age exactly, <laughs> when do you remember discovering Celtic Woman and what really grabbed you about this group? Well, I would have been in my teens. Okay. I would have watched some clips from the PBS specials on YouTube, and I just watched these girls, and I thought, this is incredible. This is what I want to do, and this is something that I could do really well. I want to get up there, and I want to showcase everything that I can do. I was just very, very happy whenever the opportunity arose, because I admired these girls. They were all incredibly talented, and to be standing up on the stage with the girls that are currently in it and as a member of Celtic Woman from the history of Celtic Woman, it's an incredible honour. For this edition of KVC Arts, it's been music from Celtic Woman and we just heard from Tara McNeil, violinist and harpist with the group. Celtic Woman will be at Fantasy Springs Resort and Casino December 2nd. And a reminder that KVCR has tickets, kvcrnews.org slash events. And with that, we wrap up another edition of KVC Arts. Thanks again to Chloe Agnew and Tara McNeil. And here at KVCR, thanks to Lillian Vasquez, Rick Dulock, Paulina Garcia, 
and Shireen Awad. Many past KVCRs can be found through iTunes, NPR One, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most past shows are at kvcrnews.org slash arts. Music beds and themes heard on KVCR. It's composed and performed by Sean Longstreet. So thanks to Sean as well. I'm David Fleming. Thanks especially to you for listening and for your support.